Grab the popcorn and get ready to join Chris and Geordie on a journey through some of the most celebrated films of all time that Geordie's never seen before. You're listening to It's About Time You Watch This. Yes, hello and welcome to another episode of It's About Time You Watch This. It's Chris. And Geordie. And today we are watching a movie that's, well, it's, it's almost contained entirely within one square metre. Yeah, literally. What makes a ringing phone so tempting? Yeah. If you hang up, I will kill you. You're kidding me. I never kid. You shot him. Once you pick it up... Toss away your weapon! It wasn't me! You can't put it down. I have your wife, you... Colin Farrell. Get her out of here! Forrest Whitaker. Please! And Kiefer Sutherland. Don't you get the game yet? In three days... Yes, today we are watching the film Phone Booth, starring Colin Farrell. Now, this one is from 2002. It sort of went under the radar a little bit, but it is mm. one of my all-time favourite movies. Because really? It, yeah, because it's the simplicity of it, I just love. Okay, okay. I um, get that. It, it's a very simple movie. It's a very basic movie. Mm. only cost $13 million to make. Okay. But I'm not surprised because it was literally in a phone booth. Yeah, but it, but it has a huge cast. Yes, yes, for the it t- does. For the time... It had Colin Farrell, who obviously is at the, the... Is that Will Farrell's brother? No. Okay. Not not even close. <laughs> who, you know, is obviously almost at the peak of his... Well, he's still at the peak. He's still, you know, huge, but, you know, was doing huge things. Kiefer Sutherland, who is the voice on the phone, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who was in 24 at the time, the TV show, which was, you know, a worldwide phenomenon. And I know you're looking at me with a blank stare right now. Uh, Forrest <laughs> Whitaker as well, Rada Mitchell. Katie Holmes is in this movie. Hey, I know her... Um, she was his girlfriend, the one that he was cheating on his wife with. That was Katie Holmes. Who's Katie Holmes? You literally said four seconds ago, hey, I know her. I was hoping there was no follow-up questions and you were going to explain who she was. <laughs> Usually you do. You'll be like, yeah, that one. Oh. You know, you might remember her from such movies as. <laughs> well, she was Joey in Dawson's Creek. <laughs> How do you, how have you not watched Dawson's Creek? You watch all those dodgy TV shows like Gossip Girl and all that sort of stuff, and you've not watched Dawson's Creek. Apparently, it wasn't good enough for you me. Would, you would love Dawson's Creek. Yeah. I'll uh, add it to the list. She was in, again, I was going to say she was in Batman Begins, but you haven't seen Batman Begins. Has she got a famous know. brother or sister. She was married to Tom Cruise. Ah, that's how I know her. She was the one that was married to him when he was doing his jumping, crazy jumping on a couch in Scientology, and she escaped and they got divorced. Oh. I like Tom they Cruise. Had, they, well, He's he, hot in Top Gun. That's him, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it Louis is him. Louis go. Uh, well, he had some disturbing behind-the-scenes behaviour for a little while there um, in the early 2000s when they were married So and when gotcha. they were together. So uh, that that's – she's probably almost more famous for that stuff now, I guess, than her acting, unfortunately. But yep. it has a, a huge cast, this movie, for, for a $13 million budget. Again, as we say every week, if you haven't watched this movie, go and do so. Yeah. Stop, hit pause right now, come back to the podcast and listen because uh, we, we will get into spoil spoiler territory. <sighs> You're right there, you <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's 8.30, I'm tired. Yeah, we are recording this at 8.30 at night, but we, we should explain. 
Yes, I'm uh, not just tired because I'm say, an old lady. We have, this has subtly been mentioned in the last couple episodes, but we haven't actually come out and announced it on the podcast. That no. We are expecting another baby. Yeah, baby number two. Baby yeah. number two is due in September. So yep. that's why you're a little bit yawny and a little bit tired at, at 8.30 at night. night <laughs> look, you are still – you're a full-time teacher as well. So yes, you're full-time teacher, toddler – and pregnancy. And so, yeah, that thing. Growing. So if you do hear the, the occasional yawn in the background over the next few episodes. It's not that I don't like the movies. It's that I'm tired and my husband makes me watch movies. And Well, the problem is we have a toddler and it's hard to watch these movies and pay attention to make notes. Yes. When you've got a three-year-old running around. And jumping on top jumping of you. Jumping on top of you. and I'm jumping. I'm jumping is a favourite <laughs> phrase at the moment because yep. she likes to jump. Yeah. So it does get hard to watch these movies and to record these podcasts at a, at a reasonable time. So Yeah, 8.30 at night, guys. <sighs> Shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> I should be in bed asleep. Anyway, let's get on to the movie. All right, let's get into this movie and let's get into Geordie's notes. First thing, pay phones. Are they even a thing anymore? You've got to remember this movie was made 20 years ago, 21 years ago this year. See, the only time I ever remember using a payphone is when I went to Queensland with my family and we stayed at this holiday park and there was a payphone out the front that we could go out and call Nana on. Really? That's the only time you used a payphone? And maybe my boyfriend when I was 13. Well, that well, that's what I was more <laughs> getting at is that's uh, most kids probably use them as a teenager to call their mates and all that sort of stuff on because it was 40 cents to make a phone call. Yeah, well, that's true. Back in the day before mobile phone because that's you see in this movie – He's got his mobile phone in his pocket, but he's using but he's the payphone because he's, he's calling his mistress. He's calling his mistress, so he doesn't want that on his phone bill. Yep. So obviously, the so wifey doesn't know. Exactly. So that's is that, that how you know where payphones are? Is this what you do? Yes, hundred percent. Does Colic have a payphone? <laughs> We've got a toddler and another baby coming, and I'm starting a small business, and you work for. So I haven't got time for that. Yeah, that's fair. But Colic does still have a payphone. Our small town does have a pay two payphones as a matter of fact. They used to have one down at the gardens, didn't they? Yeah, now that's gone, I'm pretty sure. There was one up near Reynolds IGA. That's right. And people listening to this overseas will have no idea, no what, idea we're what we're talking, talking about. about. We apologise. It's just yeah. for the local listeners. There is one still- At the in, bus stop. Bus stop. Yeah, in the Memorial Square yep. here in town in the main street. And in Armstrong Street- down near the train line, so down near huh. Southwest Primary School, there's still one there, I think. But it's actually, payphones are free now. They're free? Yeah. I'm just going to go and ring someone on a payphone. If I you know, get a call back, from a payphone, Bring back me. payphones. If they're free, yeah, 100% for sure. bring it back. I don't know why people aren't using them more. No. I guess because we pay $20 a month to get unlimited calls on our phones now. But Thanks, Aldi. But bring, bring back payphones. <laughs> we love it. a payphone. This, this episode not sponsored by Aldi, we should say that. Yeah. But yeah, I think that even in this movie... He sort of says, you know, they're like, why are you using a payphone? Like, it yeah. seems odd. And that was two, that was 20 years ago. So, yeah. they're already They're already trying to, yeah. Apart from Doctor Who, I think that's the only place we'll ever still see a phone box. But that's a different kind of Tardis, phone. Tardis is a phone box. So I'm just loser. pointing to my Tardis that lives on my bookcase. But that's also yeah. like four times bigger than this bloody payphone is in. It is. But that's what that's what phone boxes in the UK used to, that's what phone boxes used to look like. Really? Yeah. Is that legit? Yeah. That's an actual phone box. The TARDIS is a phone box. So how come we didn't have phone boxes like that? I guess we might have back in the 50s and 60s, maybe. People would have done a lot of shit in phone boxes that big. Such as? Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so he's such a jerk to the pizza guy, but also the deal with the pizza guy. I'm very much like, what is going on? Why is pizza guy there? Why would you deliver a pizza to a phone booth? Because he was paid to deliver a pizza to a phone booth. If he goes back with that pizza, they're probably going to dock his pay. True. Because he didn't. He was told deliver deliver this pizza to the phone box. Get the money. Yeah. That's that's what he was told to do. Yeah. But as we find out, that was all a setup. My next note was: Is the pizza guy going to be the gunman? Bum bum bum. He is right. That's that's the gunman. It's the pizza guy. We'll get spoilers, to spoilers straight in. I, 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 first five minutes. I don't want. I don't want to explain the last thirty seconds of the movie movie straight into the first five minutes of the podcast. But okay, we'll get to that. So the gunman was talking about the gun cocking being scary. I don't know. I've lost my notes, and the movie bored me. <laughs> Now that's something about this movie is it's not action packed. It's, it's a ten- so it's, it's a very intense thriller. It's not an action film. He was it's in a the- tense thriller. Do you want me to give it to you in like three seconds? Okay, go. And I should say before we start this, we are working on a new segment <laughs> where Geordie goes through and recaps the entire movie that we've watched in three minutes. That's going to be a standalone episode each week of the podcast, a bonus episode each week where Geordie will go back and recap and we'll do all the movies This will not watched. even be three minutes. Okay. This will all take right. me 10 seconds. All right. Well, you just give us a 10 second one for now. Guy in phone booth. Guy tries to kill guy in phone booth. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that, That's that, pretty much the entire movie. <laughs> I mean, they could have put that on the poster. I don't know. It would have got me into the cinemas. <laughs> It's so long. <laughs> you want to you know? And I couldn't even write notes about it because it was the same thing. <laughs> do you, you want to know the funny thing? Yep. Where you say it was so long? Yep. How long do you think the runtime of this movie is? Oh, it had like, to be at least you, two you, hours. If you said to me, if I said, how long is this movie? I wasted two hours of my life. One hour and 21 minutes. That's and that includes the credits. <laughs> It's less than 80 minutes long. It felt like forever. <laughs> it's the shortest movie we've done on this podcast and probably will be the shortest movie we'll do on this podcast. It was horrible. <laughs> it took so long. And all he did was stand in a phone booth. Don't leave the phone booth or I'll shoot you. Oh, look, I already shot you when you're in the phone booth. There goes your ear. I almost want to redub the movie with you doing the voice of the guy on the phone. And then some whack job comes over because he's a bloody corner street hooker, just wants to use the payphone. Not that she needs a payphone, because what does she need a payphone for? To call her bloody old mate that's going to come down and give her the slongadong? Like, what? I don't understand. What was the point of this movie? <laughs> would you like to me explain to Would you <laughs> like on. me to explain to you the First of all, premise? tell me why did the hooker want the phone booth? Was it to call to and make get a phone call? No, she just wanted to make a phone call. But that's not what she's doing. She's there for the slongadong. <laughs> I can't stop, stop saying, saying that. Slongadong. <laughs> it's very off-putting <laughs> and inappropriate. Uh, Show us, mum. I'm just getting some dick. Be home soon. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why does a hooker need because a phone booth? 
to make a phone call. To who? I don't know. I'm not her secretary. Hi, honey. I'll be home soon. Maybe. Stupid. Do you want me to explain to you the plot of this movie? Is that he's a shit bloke and he needs to get killed for it. Essentially, or he yes. just needs to tell the truth. I got that. So this guy is a serial killer. The guy on the phone is a serial killer. And he kills all these popular people. Well, no, not popular people. He's killing people that are not honest, that are liars, that are But that deceitful. makes him immoral. Well, I guess it does. But he thinks he's doing a just thing, essentially. Is is his way? He's he's killing bad in his head. He's killing bad people. Yeah. So he's the good guy. And in this movie, you know, Colin Farrell plays a producer, like a movie sort of yeah, agent. kind of like yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's lying to this mistress, this girl, Katie Holmes, that he's sleeping with yep. behind his wife's back, that he's going to get her movie parts and all this sort of stuff. And it's not the first time he's done this, and that's that's the sort of slick thing he does. And yeah, you know, he's, he's telling his assistant that he's going to make him, you know, really famous, and he's going to be this head guy, and, and he's, he's not yeah, paying and him, he's, and, he's, and he's not paying him, and you know, he he's just an asshole. Yeah, you know, that's this guy comes in to show him the error of his ways and to basically say you need to tell the truth and be honest and Or you're gonna die. Or you're going to die like all these other people. And we do get a bit of a montage of these other crimes yeah. that have happened to these other people that have been killed by this serial killer. So that's the whole point, is it's making him realise how much of a shit bloke he is and own up to his failings and his mistakes and yeah. before in the primer thing he would kill him. Yeah. Because I think he's doing it in this televised way, like he's making it look like that Stu's the bad guy. Himself he's, and he's a madman. That yeah. he's a madman to get it televised that he was so that shit he, bloke. his shit bloke status gets known everywhere. That he was a terrible person and that's why he died. That's, yeah. You know, to make people be better people. Moving back to the R- hookers. Rough way to go about it, but <laughs> what's so, your next note? The hookers, old mate. Oh, what's why his- are we still on this? Because he dies. The pimp, yes, he gets Thank shot. you. I couldn't remember what he's called. Okay, so the pimp comes over and he has a bit of go at the bloke and old mate Sniper shoots him. Yes. Is it a real thing or is it just in movies where they draw an outline around the dead body? That's my note. <laughs> That's a good question. Is it a real thing? Is it something they have to do to get the body out of there quickly but still have your crime scene? Like they know where it is? If there's any police listening... If my good friend Senior Sergeant Ken Slingsby is listening, <laughs> and he knows the answer to that. If anyone is listening that um, can answer that question for us, mm. drop, drop it on the comments on our Instagram or Facebook because we would like to... I'm really interested. Do you just leave the chalk outline of the body when you leave or do you have to like wash it off so it doesn't freak people out because they know there's been a dead body there? But you see it in movies all the time. This is true. And you thought my hooker statement was going to be bad. According to Wikipedia, mm-hmm. a chalk outline is a temporary outline drawn on the ground outlining evidence at a crime scene. The outline provides context for photographs of the crime scene and assists investigators in preserving the evidence. So not just a body. Yep. It could be anything. But it could be any evidence okay. that is on the ground. So, so it is kind of a yes, thing. Yes, it's a real thing. Yeah. I don't know how much of that we would see in this day and age. I don't know. No. But it says here it's not just fantasy of Hollywood movie makers, US police. I don't know if it happens in Australia, but US police actually used to outline dead bodies just before they were taken away. Just so So they knew when they were looking for the evidence. Yeah, I guess so. Interesting. Very interesting. There we go. We we get to the bottom of things eventually. In a roundabout way, we get there. Maybe not. (laughs) Maybe not. So this started annoying me. So when he's up on the TV, so all the news crews are there, they're, you know, keeping an eye on him. No one questions. The phone booth is broken. There's a bullet hole through the phone booth. His ear is bleeding. 
Nobody questions it. Because they think he shot the pimp. They think he's got a gun and he shot the pimp. But that doesn't explain why he's got blood. Well, if he shot him through the glass. So that explains that part. Potentially. And that that's all I'm thinking. I, I, it's not explained very well. No, you're right. But how are they not questioning it? But I guess I didn't think about it that way because if he's shot through the glass, then he's made he's that. Been cut and that's, yeah, that's, that, that would be why. Okay, that makes more sense now because I was very much like, why are they not questioning? Why is it, you know, he's the bad guy, but he's got blood on him and, you know, there's bullet holes in the phone booth. I would assume that would be why. But again, yeah, you're right. That's not overly explained very well. No. Sort of a bit of a plot hole. You know, the cops are there, his mistress, his wife is there, everyone's hanging around, but nobody believes, like, nobody knows what's going on. They just think he's nuts. Yep. Until old mate lead cop has finally caught on to kind of what's going on. And you always get that in a movie like this. There's always that one cop that goes, no, something more is going on here. Like um, your movie, Die Hard. Alan yeah. Powell is that cop that you know knows that there's something more than just what it looks what like. What it looks like, yeah. There's always that smart cop and in a movie like this. It's sort of a bit of a movie trope. And, yeah, he, he sort of starts to put two and two together with some of the things that are being said. Yep. Um, some of the answers he's giving. He, he does throw them a line that he wants his, his lawyer Yes, that's right. Um, and we're trying to – we're tracking in on him and – And that's because his wife comes down and he goes, "What? can you give us the name of your lawyer? He wants to talk to his lawyer. And she says, we don't have one. And that's where – And that's where the cop goes, hang on a second, and starts putting a few things together. Which was good because it was annoying me at this point because, you know, he is a jerk and stuff. But do better, cops. And then he did better. <laughs> Because after this, I was like, okay, he's bleeding. There's a hole in the phone booth. Obviously, something else is going on here. And they finally got there. And the lead cop was like, okay, figured it out. I've got one more note left and that's it. Okay. All right. Let's get into your final note then. (laughs) So my final note was at the end, so they thought they tracked down the guy. They thought they knew where he was. So they go in and someone slit their throat, not the guy. It was the pizza guy. So the pizza Did you not, not realise that? No. Because they show him the body and he says, That's right. Yes, oh, he tried to him. deliver me the he pizza. He tried to deliver me a pizza. So and he was I just unlucky. He just had a bad day. He just had a bad day because obviously he's then been, the, the killers then called him and said, I want a pizza to this address. Yep. And so you let a pizza go. Well, he's tied him up. And because as I said, he's still a, like he's bleeding out. Yeah. So he's literally, he knew the police were coming and he slit that slit guy's throat him. right then. Yeah. And then got out. Yeah. But the thing that annoyed me then with him is he's walking around with this big old gun case and nobody questions again. Like, big old gun case. Well, it just looks like a briefcase. It's massive. It's clearly a gun case. It could be could be a suitcase. could be a saxophone. You don't know his life. That annoyed me again because I'm like, come on, guys, do better. Yeah, look, and even, do better. I even noticed that in that scene. So, after... They put Colin Farrell in the ambulance. They give him some drugs, to some morphine to sort of relax him. And the bad guy walks up to the ambulance. And you know it's him because you can hear the voice and you can actually see Kiefer. It was the only time Kiefer Sutherland actually appears on screen. The rest of it was all voiceover. And he sort of says, well done, you you owned up. I'm giving you this chance, but you better stay honest. Mm-hmm. Or else I'll find you. otherwise I'll find you, basically, and walks away. And yeah, as he walks away, he's walking around with this giant, giant briefcase like has, has the gun slim in it. line, definitely a gun kind but of briefcase. But that's the other thing that makes me think maybe it wasn't a gun because they found the pizza guy up there. Oh, like with if, the sniper. If the gun was missing. Yeah, then they would have automatically. So what was in that case? True. Unless he left the gun and he just took the case with him. Why would you take the case? 
There's no point taking the case. It makes no sense. Mm. Loopholes. What's well? What's in the case? Mm. Phone booth two. What's in the case? Yeah. And that was I, I felt like that ending was really setting this movie up for, for a another one. sequel. Yeah, absolutely. Whether it was him whether again it was or Colin someone Farrell, else. Whether it was that villain with someone else in a different Yep. Another no, not necessarily a sniper with the phone booth. It could have been anything. a bomb or it could have been you know, it could have been something completely different, but it yep. it set itself it, up. It could there have had for anything. Anything. So is that your last note? It takes us that to was the it. movie. Okay. Yeah. So I've got a few notes about Great. the movie. So this movie had been in development since the 1960s. The 60s. So Larry Cohen, who was the producer on this, pitched Alfred Hitchcock an idea wow. for a film that took place in real time entirely within the confines of a telephone booth. Hitchcock said he liked the idea, but they never worked on it because yep. uh, they couldn't devise a plot which explained why the action had to be restricted to the one location. Yep, yep. So apparently Cohen recalled that Hitchcock had asked him if he had a solution to the problem when they periodically met over the following years, but it wasn't until the 1990s, about uh, 20 years after Hitchcock died, that he came up with an answer of a sniper forcing the protagonist to remain in the phone booth, and then he wrote the script. And apparently the script then appealed to... There was a few A-list actors that were potentially interested in this. So we, we mentioned Tom Cruise before. Yep. He was potentially going to appear in this. Will Smith. Yeah. Yep. Mel Gibson. Robin Williams, wow. Anthony Hopkins and Nicolas Cage. Oh. Steven Spielberg was at one stage potentially a director who did Jurassic Park and Jaws. And That's who he was, yeah. Uh, Michael Bay that did the Transformers movies. Apparently, according to, to this Cohen bloke, Bay was removed from consideration after the first question he asked about the script was, okay, how do we get this thing out of the damn telephone booth? <laughs> so it, this has been a movie that has rolled on for It's been in the works for ages. 40 yep. years that this, this bloke has been writing this script. And, and they couldn't have done made. it any better. And and you've just come and torn him to shreds. Basically. Torn him to shreds. 40 years and that's all they had. I'm with um that bloke that said, can we get it out of the damn phone Michael booth? Michael Bay. Yep. That made the Transformers <laughs> movies. Yeah, yeah, you are a much more Michael Bay operator, I tell you what. Yeah. Uh, so as I said earlier, $13 million it cost to make the movie. Yeah. It made $97 million worldwide. For a small independent movie that's, again, 80 yeah. minutes. Like, it's yeah. made nine times its budget. Yeah. Like, like, that's pretty good. Yeah. Like, in reality, that, to me, would have hearkened a sequel. But the film has, on Rotten Tomatoes, this is probably going to be very different to your review, I think, but 72%, average rating of 6.5 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Critical consensus reads, quick pacing and Farrell's performance helped make Phone Booth a tense nail-biter. Was it? 6.5 out of 10, though. That's like... Roger Ebert, like. who's one of the, the biggest film critics in, in movie history, gave it three out of four stars. Ooh. Instead of uh, Kiefer Sutherland's performance, if the voice doesn't work, neither does the movie, but this does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So critically, it was it was 6.5 out of 10, that's not successful. It's not too bad. It's almost half. Worse. <laughs> that's some good mathematics skills, Geordie. <laughs> 60%, 65%. You want to know when this was released? When? September 11, 2002. <laughs> People were was busy. It, was, that was at the Toronto, well, that was when it was first screened at the Toronto International Film Festival. Ooh. Came out in the US on the 4th of April, but maybe that was yeah, the first screening of it being a year after 9-11. May have, yeah, may have, have hindered a it a little issue. bit. But look, I, I, I love this movie. This is a movie that I actually watch fairly regularly. Yep. Because it is, it's a short, sharp 80 minutes. It's a nice, easy one to watch. Is it? Well, I find it quite 
Yeah, enthralling. Right. And I know I know the plot twist. And I still watch it fairly regularly. I like it. That's nice. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get into um what's what's sure to be interesting. <laughs> what would you rate this movie out of five, Geordie? So when I first finished it, I gave it a three out of five. Yeah, but that's, looking, that's that's not bad. I, yeah, okay. Looking back on it now, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna go a little bit less than the old Rotten Tomatoes and go two point five. Wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. It was no stupid naked gun, <laughs> but <laughs> but it also wasn't the best. 80 minutes. What was it? 70 minutes of my minutes. life. Well, it would have been, yeah, less than 80 minutes once you factor in the credits. Yeah, 2.5. And if they were to make a sequel, would you watch it? No. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to think about that for a second? Uh, no. Okay. No, Okay, I well, not. there we have it. Phone booth. It is streaming now on Disney+. Plus. I think. Yes, that was yes, where I watched Disney it. Plus, so you can you can find it there. Watch it. Decide Don't who you want to side with if you haven't watched it already, or if you are a fan of this movie, or you agree with Jordy. Let us know in the comments on Facebook and Instagram at the Creative Mar- uh, Business Marketing page. All done and dusted for another episode of It's About Time You Watch This. You've been listening to It's About Time You Watch This, a Creative Media production.